My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. So welcome, uh, welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast from uh, from Shanghai. I am I'm thrilled to have David Yu on with me. Um, David is a uh, he's a he's a professor at New York University in uh, in Shanghai. Um, he's one of the uh, he's a very accomplished aviation finance expert. Um, not only does he teach finance at NYU, but uh, he started his career at Lehman Brothers and Merrill Lynch, and then uh, was a vice president and head of China and Asia for uh, what became LCI Aviation. Um, what would you do, David? A couple billion dollars with air, aircraft uh, aircraft deals with AC with uh, LCI. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I, I was actually uh, head of Asia for the parent group. Uh, actually, so so there was some some other uh, real asset classes involved there as well. <laughs> okay, great. We'll talk about that. And now you've got you are the uh, the founder of the the first uh, aviation valuation and advisory firm in China and Asia. And as we were talking about before you before we hit record, you're doing a lot. You're busy. You're a busy guy right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, uh, there's uh, only about 20 senior ISTAD appraisers worldwide, and most of them are in uh, are in the U.S. or they're in uh, Europe. And uh, so I'm the only one in North Asia and in China. And uh, really, over the years, there's really no uh, advisory uh, valuation advisory company who are uh, based out here for Asia. They've all been still based in Europe, U.S. and and and, and Europe, uh, and I felt that there was a need for this. To, so uh, I set this up uh, last uh, last year uh, to basically uh, look after this opportunity. So I'm the chairman of the company. I got you. And um, so what's what's keeping you uh, what's keeping you busy right now? What uh, obviously a lot of drama in the commercial aircraft industry last. Uh, Six months, probably a little bit longer over in China. What's uh, what's keeping you busy? Yeah, no. Um, one one of the major topics that's been this keeping me very busy is uh, is I would call it almost uh, emergency surgery, and uh, that uh, there everyone uh, both lessor side and uh, airline side has been really looking at their portfolios and trying to find ways to uh, optimize that. And what I mean by optimize is on the lessor side is figure out uh, if there's uh, uh, airlines who uh, need rent holidays or deferrals or other restructurings. Uh, there's plenty of that going around. Uh, and, and let me come back to that, that point in a little, uh, one second. Uh, the airline side is, is mostly trying to figure out Ways to conserve costs, uh, re, re, renegotiate with, would negotiate with um, 
their lessors and financiers and, and their debt restructurings. So that's been keeping me busy as well. Uh, to, to the last point I was saying about the lessor side, what, what we've been seeing is that now we've pretty much hit the almost the first uh, wave of the rent deferrals. So three months have pretty much uh, come up for a lot of folks. So the question is, will there be a second round of uh, lease uh, deferrals or is there some other directions? Uh, while that seems dramatic, there is some good, uh, there is uh, some good uh, points uh, where there are airlines who have now restarted to uh, repay so uh, it's not all airlines who will. And uh, yeah, no, this is something that definitely something to keep uh, uh, on, on tabs of uh, going forward and keeping me uh, pretty busy, along with, of course, uh, associated valuations and, uh, and other uh, activities. So, you know, your word on the street in the U.S. press and, you know, Asia starting, Asia aviation is starting to bounce back a little bit. Um, is it out of the woods? Can we be a little bit, can we be more optimistic about, What's happening with the major airlines in China? So I think I think that question. Uh, I think overall, uh, I would say there has been a bounce back, but it's not. It, it's a, it's really a bifurcated story. Two two a story of two parts. Right. Uh, first part is uh, the international, uh, and that's uh, still in the doldrums. Right. Uh, pretty much, it's still in the in the mid-teens uh, in terms of uh, capacity versus uh, versus uh, uh, last year in 2019. But if you look at uh, if you look at domestic uh, markets uh, in China, domestically in China and the major uh, countries in Asia as well, that means uh, really full and domestically that's that's okay. It seems to be okay. But load factor wise, I think that is is slightly different. Country to country, um, and, and, and China, it's been pretty decent actually. Load factors uh, there, it's about uh, seventy percent or so. So it's actually quite good, uh, and it's recovered fast. Even some uh, some airlines have actually seen passenger carried uh, numbers that are better uh, that have caught up to last year. <laughs> so this is. This is just literally uh, hot off the press a couple of days ago. So the bump, uh, so, so uh, bump on the risk me is quite good. Yeah, the the passengers carried were better than is on par to to last year. So they have come back in that in that sense. A couple of the private airlines, uh, Spring and uh, the low cost area, uh, low cost carrier, and uh, and a small regional uh, carrier, Huaxia Airlines, uh, in the in the west. So they have uh, actually done very very well. So from that, from the bounce back, domestically uh, speaking. Yeah, international is going to be, look, until the borders open up, international is going to be, the, the governments are going to be the wild card. So my, my sense is that's No one wants to quarantine. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be first or second quarter 2021, to my guess, before anybody sees any, any, any reality in the, uh, the international arena. Yeah, no, I I hope uh, you know at this point it's it's closer at this point end of the year at at the very earliest to reopening uh, meaningful way. So yeah, no, let's let's hope uh, there's some magic bullets in this uh, vaccine that people have <laughs> been optimistic about in the press. So the, you know, look, so the airlines, you know, it's it's obvious what you know the, the yeah obviously the airlines are just hold on to cash right now and they're 
doing everything they can to stop the bleeding. What do the leasing companies need to do? You know, what, uh, what's happening in the finance world and what are the leasing companies? What's the best path for them to get to the other side? Well, I think I think on the leasing company side, uh, it's uh, it's it's also a, a case of how do we conserve cash um, uh, in the sense that if their revenues, they're basically their rent uh, rent income from from the uh, from the airlines are, are partly stopped or, or, or deferred, uh, that's going to create pressures on their financing, right? Uh, because all all the aircraft are pretty generally uh, financed. The question is. How flexible are the financing on the back end? So you, we've seen basically lots of uh, restructurings of existing uh, uh, debt facilities to basically try to accommodate the, for these deferrals. And, and the banks are, are if it's commercial uh, banks, so senior security banks, uh, basically we've seen that they've been reasonable uh, and, and, uh, and uh, showing some reason, uh, flexibility on that side. Uh, what gets tough is actually these more uh, structured credit um, uh, capital markets type deals where there is tons of shareholders and note holders. So it's very hard to get consensus. So that very difficult to to uh, get approvals for any types of restructuring. So I, I don't see anything meaningful coming out of that. So in, in, that, in that sense, uh, and also there's this divergent actually uh, basically incentives for the various classes of who, who wants what. Uh, so that's, that's going to be uh, still something to work out. But look, uh, uh, most, uh, most folks have some sort of overlaying facilities. The question now is, can we get moved past this kind of hemorrhaging and moving forward in terms of growth rather than just focusing on, the, uh, on, on hemorrhaging the downside or risk, uh, risk mitigating? So, so I got a call from a guy the other day and, and he's like, you know, he's loaded up on inventory and it's all levered. And he's like, my bank is going to call it. And my answer to him was, you know, look, your bank can make you liquidate, but it, it's kind of stupid to liquidate into, uh, into what's really a frozen market. You know, it's, your inventory is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. And there's really no, you, know, you can't appraise it. It's, you know, it's only values what the next guy's willing to pay for it. How many scenarios are those out there where the, you know, the, the structured creditors want to send things to liquidation with no market on the other end? Well, at the, at the moment, uh, uh, that, those cases that I've seen are, have been uh, on the low side. Uh, people have been, like I said, uh, have been more flexible. Uh, and and uh, rather than uh, very very uh, ironclad in, in in upholding their their, their rights, so that, that's why you see a lot of the debt restructurings. But uh, you're absolutely right in the sense that you know if if there's force type of NASL, you're not going to get the value that you thought you were going to get. That's for sure. There's going to be distressed pricing, and in this market, uh, the question is. Even if you do, so where do you uh, where do you place those aircraft? Even if you do take sides, as a senior appraiser, how do you put a value on a how do you put a value on a, a you know a, a seven triple seven that you know is sitting in a desert right now and you know, you know, may or may not have a you know may or may not have a, a home down the road? 
you know, a lot of wide bodies, you know, Boeing right now is running out of storage space for the seven, eight sevens. How do you value that stuff or even, even try to? Well, look, I, I think from my point of view is, is the question. The first question is, do I think this aircraft type is, is it a temporary bit blip or is this an ongoing blip? I think this is one of the biggest questions and, and this is divergent of views uh, on, on this topic. Right. Uh, in my opinion, the uh, the uh, the uh, old uh, technology aircraft will will basically depreciate much much faster than what was anticipated, given what's going on. And this is not a temporary fix for them. Uh, and that, uh, on the flip side, new the new current technology, new new technology will will, will definitely come back up. I I think that for them, it's a, it's a much more temporary blip. So these are kind of some of the of the things that you got to consider, but look, we we look at our, our past models, we look at trends, and we we look at kind of how things have uh, affected over other uh, economic shocks. That's what I've looked and and uh, at at uh, and uh, Ava and Kava, the evaluation company. What we do is uh, we we look at a lot of actually uh, uh, new analytic tools, so machine learning and other techniques to to look at ways to uh, model this out and, and other uh, not more non traditional methods to see kind of where things could happen so this is uh, some of the things that we we, we run these things through that uh, i think is pretty uh, unique for our for, for our, our industry a lot of new money came into the uh the leasing arena a lot of private equity a lot of you know a lot of new leasing companies came in um obviously you've got your behemoths out there bank of china aircap are we going to see a serious consolidation in the leasing arena or do you think that Will the big guys acquire the the little guys? Will the little guys just go away and and liquidate? What uh, what's your sense there? Well, I think the for industry wide, definitely going to be some restructure. Uh, I think for now, folks have been like I said, there's been uh, finding ways to figure things out, being troubled. I I've been saying that I think that this is currently really the third inning <laughs> in baseball uh, terminology of what uh, the entire uh, game will be. It'll take a while for this to come up. Uh, we haven't seen really too many uh, forced uh, sellings or, or, or chapter 11, et cetera, restructuring filings. Uh, and, and, and rightly so, people have been deferring and have some cushion, but that's gonna, that's slowly uh, easing off. And if you look at it, same, same goes with the airlines themselves, right? They've been uh, held up well with with a lot of the the money that the government subsidies and, and, and aid, but that's coming up to foreign and to uh, people uh, for employment, et cetera. So when that kind of runs out, then we're really going to hit the, the the next stage of, of this uh, of this crisis. But really, it's the next step towards recovery. That's the that's the best. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I look at like American, you know, they're bleeding, you know, 40, you know, numbers I hear American Delta, you know, they're bleeding $40 million a day. That's a billion to a month. And, um, you know, you can only do that so long. Do the government, do the government, you know, are they, do, you know, you look across Europe, you look across Asia, you look across the United States, does the government just need to come in and backstop these guys until they don't need to be backstopped anymore or is it all of a sudden going to become more of a shareholder problem for businesses that were really pretty well run 
Well, look, uh, I think that's a great question. And I think the question for me is, um, one, if, uh, if from a government point of view, there is some sort of, uh, there's, there's definitely arguments for A, and then the uh, opposite side of that argument is, if we do do that, then who's next? <laughs> right. Uh, and and who, who, as in who, which other industry is next? And, and you know, you can't pick winners and losers on that side. But at the same time, that my logical question is, if, if there is sort of uh, refiling, uh, uh, basically, if there is some sort of restructuring that is done, then uh, is, are there people willing to come in and step up to, to basically make this more efficient? And if that's the answer, then I would say let the uh, markets uh, do its, its thing. Um, and, and why use uh, public money from that point? Uh, it should be backstop should be in a sense where uh, there will be very little ways to to have it uh, re resurrect in, in another form. I think that that's when it would really is uh, is needed. Yeah, look, I, there's you know a ton of private equity money on the sidelines right now, but I got to think that a lot of them are going hell no. I'm not I'm not investing in an airline after what I've just seen. How does the industry rebuild itself? um off of this yeah no uh, that might be the 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 general consensus but i'm sure there is uh, a few uh, folks out there with a uh, significant firepower who are, are interested in, in, in airline sale and on uh, and, and, and all of this and uh, you can see that in actually in the latest bidding of uh of virgin australia right <laughs> where where you had the two uh pe players as a uh, final bidders for that for for that uh, for that uh, airline, but uh, at the end of the day, it, it always takes one. But um, one one thing to keep in mind is that this is uh, this this is uh, this is natural, right? Uh, the faster there is restructuring, there is so there is ways out into more growth areas. If we keep holding back, this will never get to the next stage, and it'll really just be kind of keep uh, pressing away. So I, I think this is a healthy way for the economy to kind of move on. Yeah, well, I mean, look, yeah, everybody's going to be able to get cheap airplanes, dirt cheap airplanes, dirt cheap capital. I mean, yeah, what, you know, you know, money's, you know, money can be had at next to nothing. So, you know, you're right. Maybe it is a, a total rebuilding process. How do you see it? How do you see it all playing out? I mean, aviation's a pretty resilient. We've been we've been very resilient. You know, past a couple other crises. Do you think this one passes us by, or is this one from from what you're seeing in China, is this something that um, you know is 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 really going to change the game? No, I I, I think look, uh, aviation, like you said, is, is really resilient, and I I believe that. So uh, I just uh, wrote uh, my my upcoming book, uh, aircraft valuation, uh, airplane investments as an asset class, is coming out in October by uh, Paul Gray McMillan. And in the book, I look at the different crises. Uh, I did a 20-year uh, study of uh, aircraft uh, over 20 years and looking at past uh, uh, basically exogenous shocks like uh, financial crisis, et cetera. And, and you really do see a lag in, in this. Uh, but at the end of the day, there, you, you see that it does come back. And, and actually, in, in other kind of health effects, if you look at SARS, it was a pretty much a V-shaped recovery, right? And if you look at domestic, in certain cases today, I would say in, in, in domestic markets, a lot of markets, it's actually very, very similar. 
basically at the end and that uh, 1970s still is it's compared against other ones well if you want to have a, a longer read you can <laughs> read the book the 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 prefaces actually the preface section talking about this was just published by uh, kpmg okay. uh kpmg ireland so folks if folks wants to uh, read that they can they can find that uh, so i'm a external thought leader for them uh on the space so so what do you so your advice to uh yeah so yeah, you, you, you're a known expert out there. You've got, you know, component MRO. You've got aircraft MRO. You've got you know, the the entire supply chain. And right now, everybody's holding their head down and thinking, yeah, this will never, this will never pass. Um, you're fairly optimistic, though. It sounds like. Look, uh, uh, I am optimistic for the long, medium and long run. Short term, there's going to be a lot of pain. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, uh, in all types of crises, you know, if you look at back in, in the last 20 years, uh, up to, to even the 70s, there is lots of pain, short term pain. But uh, what, what the resilience factor is, we will get through this as an industry. But uh, the, things will change and people will change. So I, I actually think there will be definitely lots of definitely restructurings to come. And that's for sure. And then that, that hasn't really started at the, from a wholesale point of view. Again, that's why my analogy of uh, third inning. <laughs> We're not even in the middle. Yet. We're not even in the middle yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So but let's talk about it from a different aspect. You know, so, you know, aircraft values are going to go down on the floor. Financing's cheap. Let's talk about the people component. Um, you know, a lot of pilots are gonna you know, get furloughed, and you can't just—it's not—it's not really easy to turn on the lights when when you've turned them off. When you furlough all your pilots, you now you're talking about bringing them back, with, you know, training and getting them typed again, etc. You've got AMP mechanics or you know aircraft engineers around the world, and 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 their skills transfer to other industries. They may not come back. How do we get through that standpoint? No, there's going to be, uh, there's probably, this is going to cause uh, shortages going forward when the recovery does come back. That's that's uh, what you see is basically this. Uh, so for a while, there was a lot of glut of uh, pilots, et cetera, right? But in the last 10 years, there we've seen actually a very big shortage of, of yeah. air, uh, pilots, right? <laughs> because there was a lot of growth in the industry and not many people coming in. So this kind of will continue to exacerbate going forward. But you're right; people will go these skills. Uh, they will go to other other uh, other industries. The question is, how fast will? Well, there's going to be a big concerted effort to to get more people in this space. That's for sure. So after this, this is this is creating uh, uh, basically uh, thoughts in people's mind that are are not as uh, positive. So you're right. The, this is a big issue that will go uh, that will concern them industry going forward in terms of uh people and, and human capital for sure where does the where does the uh, where where does commercial aviation go does it favor more of the low-cost carriers and the ulccs or do we you know does it become more of a premium priced product because you know supply and demand you know supply and demand at least for the short term is is a little out of whack uh for 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 now the pricing whichever is is all very very low right yes. <laughs> so so uh i've seen, I've seen the, uh, the 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 fair numbers uh and uh so but at the end of the day right right now 
I would say the key point is to get back uh, back up to capacity. I, I think that the low-cost carriers will probably do a little better uh, than the full-service carriers. But at the same time, I, I think going forward, uh, whether policy, there will be some enacted policy changes that will affect things, um, not quite sure. Uh, I, I, for one, am not a big proponent of this uh, holding off the middle seat to, uh, scenario. I, I just think that's very... It sounds great, but it seems very, very uneconomical, and it doesn't make uh, much sense from that point of view. So, uh, yeah, things things to go. The um, yeah, yeah, I know. Like the 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 leave open the middle seat. What about the Boeing Airbus rivalry? I mean, Boeing is, yeah, yeah, Boeing is uh got got sucker punched with the uh, the Max Airbus is not was banging it on all cylinders with the uh, A three twenty. Um, who's the stronger player moving forward? I mean, you could sit there and yeah, the obvious answer to me would be Airbus is the stronger, stronger player moving forward. But, you know, is there, is there, do we, do we start to split it right down the middle again? Well, look, uh, I, I think uh, Boeing has its uh, issues, right, uh, with with overall the max overhang, and as well as, of course, the other uh, other components, right, uh, of what, what's been going on. But look, at the moment, uh, new aircraft to pr pr development has pretty much slowed to a pace to conserve cash. And then the question is, what about the whole supply chain? Uh, if you shut down the supply chain, how fast can you actually get them to reinvest and go uh, back up? And that's a big critical question right. in my mind. But look, I think the rivalry between Boeing and Airbus has actually been great for both sides. Yeah. And uh, why I think that is they push both parties to be the best they can be and make it better than they probably would be if they yep. were just by itself, right? As, as a monopoly, <laughs> monopolistic uh, case. And, um, and, and other points, uh, yes, uh, uh, Bo uh, Airbus is, is, is not, <laughs> obviously not as a, uh, encumbered by some of these problems, but they also have the same facing the same problems as, as as all manufacturers do today, which is basically airlines don't want to take aircraft; they want to defer them, et cetera. And there's overhang uh, on on that side. And how do you? And then the question is, how do you finance uh, these these uh, these mm -hmm. planes? I think that's going to be that's a big question. That uh, if you think about it historically. You know, US XM was one, but they're you know they they're slowly coming back, <laughs> but they're they're not at the same levels that they were before. And then in past recoveries, ECAs, uh, and of course uh, the the their customer finance, the the internal uh, financings were were a big part in, in previous uh, downturns. Questions: Are they in a position to be support their own products given their own? You know financial states, and, and and you know they've all both said that they're going to uh, lay off people and, and and downsize, which you know respective to the order uh, delivery books. I think that uh, makes sense. But how is this a temporary? It goes back to my original question: Is this temporary, or is this a, a longer term restructuring of the companies? Mm -hmm. Because that will affect how many planes and supply that will get into, and that goes back to even on the valuation side of how these things will be affected. But yeah. this the slowdown is, has actually helped the values, right? There's not much delivery of, of new aircraft coming out. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the thing that bothers me the most is, yeah, it's more of this, it's less Boeing and Airbus, but it's more your tier two, tier three suppliers. You know, your tier ones are hurting. You're, you're, if you think your tier ones are hurting, your tier twos and tier threes are, are really hurting. 
and it's not like you can go requalify a supplier, um, you know, in a, in a, in a week or a month or even, a, even a year, it's, it's pretty difficult to get that expertise back once it, once it leaves the supply chain. Right. Absolutely. That lag period is that restructuring of the, you know, the industry that's going to have major ramifications uh, going forward for new, new, uh, new lines, and basically the well-being uh, efficiency aspects. So this is definitely an area that, to, to watch out for, uh, uh, in, uh, for sure. So have, have airplanes been a good investment for, uh, for people over the years? Look, long term. They they've been they've been fine. I think uh, the question to me is uh, always a how what what's your time horizon? <laughs> I think that's always been a, a big question. And and number two is is and that's actually what what I, I the analysis I do is if you look at aircraft as an asset class and you put it in a portfolio with your other uh, real assets or other uh, benchmarks, how do you create optimal portfolios? And this is an interesting question, but but you know this does help the portfolios, and I, I think this is something that people really have to think about. Is it's not just hey we're in this airplane aviation world we only think about aviation, but really what is it compared to other asset classes? How can you use it to make your overall uh, better your your balance portfolio better? And I think that's kind of the their approach that uh, I've uh, I've always taken. As well. Yeah. So yeah. So I was at ISTAT. I don't know last year or the year before, and a Wall Street Journal reporter came up and asked me if uh, if we were in a bubble. And I, I think I kind of looked at him. I said, "If you're asking me the question, we probably are. Were we, in, <laughs> were, were we in a bubble in 28, 29, 2018, and 2019 as far as uh, aircraft, aircraft and engines and parts values, or was it just a natural, yeah, natural high?" Well, look, uh, I have to say it's uh, definitely a high compared to where we are today. You know, yeah. values have all fallen. That that's a fact. And the question, the question, I would say whether it's a it's a bubble or not, I think really comes down to uh, we were in a period of unprecedented low interest rate environment, and therefore cheap cash, right? As we've been talking about, and this has really kind of pumped up all not only our aviation values but also all fixed income values, if you look at it. All the real assets uh, values have come up and returns have come down, yields have come down. So this is, this is all across the board. It's not just in our industry. So uh, do you call this a bubble or is this just um, a price? So uh, is it a relative high? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, but uh, whether, I think, I think, uh, with some more timeline, we can actually kind of see whether dynamics work. But uh, but the if the it goes down to if the underlying dynamics do support these prices, that's all, of course uh, a good thing. My biggest concern over the years is really have pricing went up so high and yields have come down where you have very very little margin of error, right? Where you're not getting the risk adjusted returns that are helpful. Uh, in order to to mitigate some of these shocks that that invariably happen in, in our industry, so that that's kind of the biggest question, and we see that uh, with COVID, right? <laughs> that's a, yeah. It's a big, no, big I think we're going to be in. A, I think we're going to be in a very high in, or a very low interest rate, negative low interest rate environment for a while, and I think uh, that's going to pump up. You know, between real estate and real asset, you know, real asset values, that's going to be. Um, I think that's going to be the on, ongoing question mark. Uh, moving forward, I think we'll just have to, you know, kind of have to wait and see how it all plays out. 
Yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it, it's still the lag effect still continues. So I don't think it's fully reflected yet. And according to my research, it's usually about a year to two years worth of uh, lag between these uh, these crises to really get down to a more stabilized uh, figure. So uh, we haven't we haven't hit that uh, time frame yet. So if we're in the uh, if we're in the third if we're in the third inning. Does uh, innings four, five, and six come before, uh, you know, before you have know, right around the New Year's time with with seven, eight, nine? Are we back to? Are we back on a good path in the second quarter of twenty twenty one, or are we we got a little longer than that? You think? Which crystal ball say? I think that's about right, right? If by the end of this year, Q four, there should be, you know, at that point. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, government aid has run out, and then the question is, will it get elongated? That's actually at the end is 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 a magic question about timing, right? Will there be more uh, government aid that will come in? Because if there is, that will elongate <laughs> this this projection, right? If not, if it, if it runs out as 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 anticipated or as people could think, then that uh, that's about right. I would say by end of the year that will that will get start the ball rolling. Q one it will flush out, and and hopefully by Q two we we move on. We can move on from there. But uh, at the moment, I think the biggest question is is a is there going to be a vaccine anytime soon? Which you know it's not going to come out next day, next month. Yeah. It's going to take at least half a year at, at minimum. And yeah. And and then the question is: Is there more government aid that, that's going to come in uh, that will elongate these, uh, these projections? I guess the jury's out. So um, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and say. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I know it's early over there in Shanghai. Thanks for no uh, problem. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. It was uh, good to have this chat, and I uh, hope to do some, uh, do it let's, again soon. Let's uh, let's plan on uh, let's plan on doing it again. Let's let's see where we're at. Yeah, you know, towards the end of the year, we'll, keep, we'll, we'll you you can give us an update on kind of what you're seeing over in Asia and China, and where we all go from here. Okay. No, that sounds that. good. Thanks, hey, thanks for coming on, Dave. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthstarESG.com. Or check us out at www.northstaresg.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.